Welcome to Young Everyday Black Woman. This podcast is a platform for me to express and explain an array of topics young everyday black women go through age 18 through 25. I'm your host, Courtney Hancock, a college student at the Elizabeth City State University who has a love for all things communications and digital while studying digital media. This podcast will discuss things from friendships and romance to health and lifestyle. So please join me in starting the conversations that need to be had between us and knowing that all in all, and no matter what, we are all young, everyday Black women. You're back listening to this episode of Young Everyday Black Woman. I hope that your week was great and you all are about to go into such an even better week. But I want to hop right into this and really talk about something really important. And that would be black people and what's going on right now. And I know I previously did an episode and I was just encouraging people to go out here and do their own thing and to create avenues. But it's so much more that I wanted to address just at a different time with a whole different message on the same lane, but a different message with it, in a sense. So um, it's so much to say, you know, I actually last year, I actually saw it was Candace Owens, um, Killer Mike, T.I., Tamika Mallory, and um, two other people. And um, it was for Revolt, which is Diddy. And it was a discussion on politics, the black agenda, all these different things. And I actually recently revisited it. I watched it again, the whole thing. And um, that was something because it was a lot of good points made by actually both sides. If you're not familiar with Candace Owens, um, you know, she is a black conservative. And something she said was real. It's just her mind is so different killer mike said a lot of great things tamika mallory a lot of great things tip ti yeah he said a lot of great things too so it really just i'm not going to say open my mind because it was things that my mind was already open and knowledgeable too but just things that i want to share with you all and not just from that a few things are points from that but just things that we need to focus on as a young black America, especially and things that I want people to know that young black people do think about. You know, we're not just out here um, aspiring to do nothing or this, that and that. Like we are really trying to be powerful people to build for the future generations you know like that's really the goal and I think everything that we think about when we make decisions and when we do things that we do for um, us personally for our businesses for our jobs our like everything is that we're doing it not for ourselves but for the generations that come after us I don't think a lot of people realize that but everything you do all the pieces of money that you make everything that you save it's not so that really you can live this amazing lavish life But it's for your children and your children's children and people like that to live a beautiful life, to have never had to go through some things that maybe you've gone through and this, that and the third. That's why we work hard, not really for ourselves, but for the people who are are coming, you know, in our lives. So really 
what I want to start off is like what we can do as young people. And that goes back to aspirations. Like we should aspire to be more. I think that, you know, instead of aspiring, yes, it's great to be, you know, doctors and scientists and this, that and the third. But I think that we really should aspire more of our children to go into things like criminal justice so we can see more brown faces that look like us, that think like us and things of that nature. You know, and encourage them to go into things like politics and to go into government and all these type of things, because those are places that we lack. Those are definitely places that people who look like us lack. And there are not a lot of young people in those positions. And when then when we see young people in those positions, it's like a, a shaking, shaking thing. Like, how can that be possible? Or, you know, oh, they don't know anything. But we do. We really do. Because we are sitting here in our America. <laughs> okay. And we're watching things happen. As young people, we get the heat for all of this. Things that are going on in the world are issues that a lot of us face more than anybody else as young black people. So why not have a young black man, a young black woman or whomever, young and black, be that person, be that spokesperson for us, you know, be the one to make those decisions because they get it. And that's what we need is more people who get it and get our issues. You know what I'm saying? And I think a lot of people think that, you know, we, we vote for people because they look like us sometimes, you know, or we vote for people for this. We really need to start voting for people who see us, you know, who, you know, things that we care about, they care about too. And I noticed almost goes kind of back and forth of what I'm saying but yeah a lot of young black people do get what I'm saying and 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 they see us and they see the issues and they want to help so all in all we just need to prepare our children for these jobs you know like we need to make sure that we're encouraging generations to take charge and to from the root from their young days you know get into this because you meet so many people who are are activists and organizers and people of that nature because of their parents or grandparents that's things that they did but let's just for the average joe for the average black child let's encourage them to be activists to start young to you know just to figure things out and to be involved and and we we got to do that for sure and then another thing is we need to get to know and un- get to know and understand the true needs of our communities. That goes back to young people again. But here's the th- this is a thing and it's a really important thing is how do we get to know these communities? Right. Like, what do we really do? So what we really need to do is start figuring out the needs of our communities. So what that means is as people who are home, especially during quarantine and in and outside of this, we just need to start seeing the needs of our communities. What are our communities truly lacking? And to understand people, like just not to say, oh, they don't want to work because a lot of stuff is us as black people putting other black people down. You see certain guys looking certain ways. Oh, he 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 don't care. He don't want to work or you don't know people's situations at all. You know, you don't know their upbringing. You don't know why they are who they are and all these different things. So I think we need to dig deeper into our own communities and find understanding with that. You know, that's one of our main issues as black people and young black people, not so much, but as black people in general, 
is that we judge people so hard without knowing their stories. You know, we don't know everyone's story. And that's why we need to get out there and start understanding those as people who are aspiring politicians who are already in office, all these different things. They need to get out into the communities, which I do see a lot of them do in my communities personally, and get to know who they are. What are their struggles? What do they need? What do they want? Because I think that that's just not what what is being seen. And it's crazy that that doesn't happen in all communities, in all cities, in all states. You know, we they want, you know, the black vote. They want this. They want that. But in order to really get that, you're going to have to come into the communities and understand what we really need. And that's plain and simple. It's no other ways really to put that is, you know, people need to get to know their communities. The people within the communities need to get to know their communities. And you also need to know outside communities. You know, one thing that I can say about living in Baltimore, like you have Baltimore City and Baltimore County. And, you know, some people think when you live in a county, you know, black people in the county are thriving and you know when you get some money you move to the county and people in the city are you know some of them are not doing as well and all this type of stuff but it's not that like you have black people in both communities city and county struggling on the same levels and that's crazy but it's it's really the truth it's it's no it's no better so that's why I say when people need to get to know their communities that's what we get need to get to know because we can all come together as one people and realize that we all having the same struggles and we can come together to really get it together okay and then we need to create opportunities for our family members of all ages to be expressive see this is where I think makes our generation my generation different from previous generations it was never normalized to sit back and talk about politics to talk about things that are happening in the world in the news and and i think as time has gone on we've had to explain it so much more to our younger children police brutality these things that are happening you know racism we have to start explaining to our kids at a young age so I think that now you know children are able are able to be in a space of being more expressive but I think that's something that's lacked I can even say that's happening with younger children but I'm saying people that that are my age that didn't happen for us growing up a lot of conversations about what was going on in the news you know about voting for people and all those different types of things I can clearly say that you know, I really didn't start even to get into politics until Obama's second term. You know, I understood what was going on with his first term. I was like, okay, yes, a black man president. We've never had one of those. But, you know, it's like we don't really get into the nitty gritty of really letting our youth express themselves and feel things until like it's like publicized. But you know, so many conversations aren't had. And and I can say personally, like with my family, you know, I have conversations with my aunts and my mom and my dad at times. And what we talk about sometimes are the things that are going on in the world. And we have different perspectives. But what we need to normalize is us having different perspectives. You know, people who experience different things are going to see things differently. Me going to college makes me see things differently. Me, you know, just all different types of things will make you see things differently than the next person and can make them see something different than what you see. So when you're at a family and you're speaking with generations, different generations of people, you all have different perspectives, but there are reasons that you have those. And that should be a way for you to express. You should have your teenagers in your families, your young adults, your 
kids of all ages be able to talk about how they feel about what's going on because their opinion matters. Their opinion is what's going to make America sell or, or, or fly for black people. They are important for them to have opinions and to start thinking now is what's really going to be beneficial for the future. So when I have kids, I want to have those conversations. I want them to know what's going on in the world on a day to day basis and be open to listening to what they have to say and not telling them that they're wrong or, you know, why would you think that? But to actually understand why they're saying that, because it's their experiences. Different generations have gone through different things. And even within generations, you may have seen people do certain things that you didn't do. Like it's so much. So we need to normalize having these expressive conversations with our youth and our children, just people of all ages should be able to come together and have these conversations like that is so important at your dinner table, at your family gatherings. It should be normal. It shouldn't be, you know, an off subject thing. This is shouldn't have always had that thing of this is politics. This is literally the rights of human beings and what and what should not be taking place and what you do and, you know, and what you want to see happen and all those type of things. That's not all politics. Some of it is simply conversations that normal people should be having. This should be a normal thing. So let's do it. Start those conversations. Seriously. All right. That 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 is something. And Another thing is try not to be an activist, but to be an organizer. So and you need to know the difference. So an activist, you know, is someone who is expressing themselves like me. You could call me at this point, maybe an activist because I'm using my voice to express how I feel. But that does not just make me an organizer. An organizer are the people who are actually going to go out here and make things happen. Because I can tell you tonight how I feel this evening and you can take it and listen to it. You know what? Mm, Courtney really said something good, but you can go out here this evening and go against everything that I said and go on about your life. That's just me being an activist, me just having a voice, you using my voice, but an organizer is really going to go out here and into these communities and try to make things happen with the people that they are supposed to be connecting with. You get what I'm saying? Like you having a voice is just you having a voice, but you being an organizer is actually connecting with the people that you've had a voice with and who you know like really connect with them understand them and try to make things happen hence an organizer (laughs) okay so that's important and and I think that's the thing also with our community and with young black people is that we don't have a lot of um organizers we don't have a lot of people who want to really really lead and I think that's what we're missing are true leaders you know and what makes this these days difference from back in the day is that black people were scared at some points in time to have a voice go against the grain things like that you know what I'm saying so now you have a lot of people who are like man I don't really care you know I'm I want to be different I want to have this voice so you have so many people trying to do so many different things then you have a lot of black people who are not even on a court with all black people so that begins to have a problem you now have all these different groups and mindsets of black people when at one point in time we pretty much all had I'm not going to say all but a lot of us had similar mindsets but now we have mindsets all over the place because we do have people and we all live in these different generations of people who feel like anything is possible which is true but you know it's, it's so many different types of black people's perspectives today that it's hard to get us all on one page 
So you have different black organizers all over the country, but we don't have that one person right now who's really sticking out, who's really like, let's all come together and make this happen. And then that leads to another point is that we have to start having conversations with people who don't think like us, which is really hard to do. I mean, like it literally is one of the hardest things to do, but we need to, especially black people, again, who don't think like us. So black conservatives, black Republicans, whatever, we need to have those conversations with them so that we can see. Because let me say this. okay, Candace Owens, she made some very she overall makes very valid points. You know, I've watched her speak multiple times and sometimes she has really pissed me off okay I'm gonna be very real with you she's really done that but it's a lot of other times she has really said some real stuff and the way that she goes about saying it and how she brings it upon you is not it but sometimes some of the things that she says are real and I'll and I'll get into that as well but that's the type of people I'm talking about having conversations with so we can get all black people together not saying that we all have to be on the same side but we all need to come together you know like and really sit down and be like yo these things are not working for us as an entire people and the thing is is that I think all of us realize that certain things are not working or these things are not right but everybody has different ways and different tactics about going about how to make it right so that's why we need to be in rooms with people who don't think like us, who look like us, but don't think like us all the time. And and it's and it's so real that we're in a time that that is like normal. You meet a lot of black people who don't think alike, older generations of people. It's a lot of young black women, especially out here who don't think like the average black Democratic black woman. So conversations need to be had. People need to be in rooms with each other. I mean, at this point, I guess not in rooms with each other, but on Zoom with each other or something. So these conversations can truly be had and not only be had, but be effective. And to go to Candace Owens again. OK. Um, and I say she makes some valid points and she really does. So one thing that she made valid points about is education and how a lot of our young people are not educated And I think that she's right and she's wrong, you know, because we see for one in our communities, a lot of black people who are thriving. We see people who are going off to college, who are graduating with honors. And we see this, that and the third. But then again, when you look around, that's not a lot of people. I mean, how many people in your family? and, And this is and this is a real conversation. And I'll speak on going to college. So. I can say this for my family, but I'll use like just in general. So like a question to everybody is how many people in your family who come from a family who has not been to college, like a lot of people, like if you're, you know, a grandchild and your grandparents didn't go to school, you're a first generation college student. How many of your cousins are also in school? Like it's not a lot. Or a lot of people go to school for college, they don't finish all these different things. So it's becoming like, you see a lot of black kids going to college, but you also don't see enough. You know, you do not see enough and not saying that college is the only way for you to become better. But that is the way that people are seeing as you being educated. And it's crazy. And it's sad. But that's the way that people see you being educated is by you furthering your education 
But what I think we need to do is start having conversations about college at a younger age. I can say growing up, I really did not know about college. Like I really did not know. And I think that middle school honestly was a point in time I realized like, wow, you really have to go to college to do everything. And the only way for all of us to further ourselves is to go to school. So I think we need to start instilling that in our in. I can't say our kids, I don't have any kids, but in kids young. So in our siblings and our cousins, our nieces and nephews, instilling college in them young, even if you all are not a college family, instill that in your kid young because they will realize things that they need to do in order for them to get out here. Because I I believe that if you tell a kid, you know, look, you got to go to school because if you don't go to school, you're not really going to get a good job. And, and that's the reality of this world, though, that but if we do that, I feel like it will encourage them to do good in grade school so that when it's time for them to go to college or apply for college, they have options. And I can say from someone like myself, who I'm saying growing up, I didn't know a lot about college until I got to middle school and was in like programs like AVID, which was all pro college. It was all about preparing you for college pretty much. So that's when I became like a person like, oh yes, I really want to go to college. And I'm telling y'all my thoughts on college from then and today went yeah from then I can say from like sixth grade until 11th grade we're like yeah but what I'm really saying is with the whole college thing is that we have to get our young kids on board with it because even if it's not normal (laughs) you've got to definitely get them to see that it is and like I said and I want to just go back again I didn't know a lot about college, but when it was in front of me and I saw all the things, like, oh, I can leave. I can go away to school. I ain't got to be here all the time. Like, yes, this is great. And when you put a lot of positive incentives with the fact of college, it, it is good and it becomes good and something that kids look forward to. You know, but we have to make that something else that's normal. It's college. But to the job thing, it's, it seems like when I look at jobs for my field, you need that bachelor's that master's degree things like that so you really have to tell your kids like if you really don't go to school you will not get a good job that is the reality of life today and I think from people who have parents who didn't go to school their situation should encourage us to do better you know it should encourage us and you can think about how much generational wealth we could have if so many gener if so many generations before us had the opportunities to go to school and that's why I say the opportunities because some is some stuff is not like people didn't want to go to school or things like that some people literally could not financially afford to go to school and that just just doesn't give you the opportunity you know what I'm saying and I and what I can say because I know when I went to school my GPA applying to college was really not that amazing you know it wasn't like anything stellar super beautiful great about it so I applaud the all the HBCUs that I applied to that didn't require that super stellar, you know, super duper GPA, because that allows the average student to get that opportunity to go to school, which is important because when you make those standards so high and this, that, and the third, you don't get a lot of kids going to college. So thank you to the HBCUs that are so open and welcoming to letting just the person who's barely getting by, I wasn't barely getting by, I'm just saying somebody who is barely getting by the opportunity to further their education. And that is so, so, so important. So just with education in general, she Candace Owens, she made points that our black kids, to start off with, they are not, you know, receiving information in the same ways 
that other kids are, especially in our inner cities. And therefore, that pushes you to not further your education, to not sometimes even finish high school. So we need to normalize furthering education. And that's that's facts. (laughs) That's definitely facts. And another thing that she brought into the conversation and just into multiple conversations that she always has with people is not having a father in the home. That is something very serious. Um, And I can say for kids who don't have it at the beginning, you know, is that um, it changes your household and things of that nature, you know, with your outlook. And that's why I think, honestly, people need to start when they when they see people acting a certain way, behaving certain ways, thinking certain ways, they need to take it back. And I, and that's why I believe in black people and mental health, because I think a lot of young black people need somebody to talk to. And I'm not talking about, you know, black men, black, you know, stuff like really like somebody to talk to, to understand why they are how they are, because a lot of things roots to the father not being in the home. And I have conversations with people about this subject all the time because they don't see where it brings issues into the household, you know, especially for young black boys, but definitely for young black girls as well. When you don't have that father and or that family structure in your household, it messes up a lot of different things for you mentally as a person. And not only that, it just makes so many trickle of changes. You know, people are like, oh, you know, you have this unlikelihood of getting married or, you know, you'll you'll be in that situation. And because what it does, I, I love using this word today. It normalizes just having babies and, you know, doing your thing that it normalizes that. But honestly, which I can I, I'm not even going to say. I can't say for for my generation, I see people who come from a two parent household for one about how they act and behave is different sometimes from a person coming from a single family household because low key they be acting out. But I feel like they're going to be the ones to get their act together before the single parent child. Okay, that makes sense. But we're not having that father in the household also lacks is on just opportunity you know sometimes you know when you have both parents you're able to do more for your child when it comes down to opportunities I can say you know my mom being a single mom for so many years at this point I didn't have those issues really because you know if my dad couldn't do it she's always been the make it happen queen like she is the make it happen queen she would never let me go without you know um it's just that like she would just never let me go without being a part of this or being a part of that or doing this and doing that and honestly I can say from being um for most of my preteen, teenage young adult life um being in a single parent household I've had so many opportunities you know that people think that people like myself would lack or you know we would not be on that level you know she's definitely put me in positions and encouraged me to do that, to be all that I can be. And sometimes when, you know, you are a single parent, I can see where you're, you don't, not that you don't have the time, but you're so busy trying to push yourself and trying to um, also, you know, pay your bills, work, do things for yourself. That sometimes you, when you're lacking that other person, it can, I can see where it probably could cause you to not put so much focus on your kid. 
But when you have that balance, you know, you have someone else to help you out. And that's where a lot of kids like they don't have both parents to balance things out for them and help them out. So I can say, you know, despite whatever, my parents have been good with that. And again, my mom is the queen of making it happen. I don't know what phrase I just used before this, but yes. (laughs) So those are two things that Candace Owens said, and that's real. And then that also goes to education, you know, and, you know, but what sis also has to realize are the communities when you cannot afford to live in certain communities, you cannot help the education that your child is getting the experiences that your child is having and all that. And like everything, all of that ties in together. And I think that Candace Owens and people that think like her, maybe they didn't go through these situations or ever hear stories of situations where kids really just couldn't help their situations. Sometimes you cannot help your situation. You know, no matter how smart you are, your community can set you back. And that's where we lead into building up our communities, creating programming for our communities. And that's the thing that I think that we need to create more programming outside of school so programs for kids to be in that are not costly you know something that's very cheap or free for students to be a part of to further their knowledge to further their mental you know to help them think outside of the box to help them aspire to be more to to make give them some time throughout the day or if it's the weekend for some type of programming to help and and that was one of my other points is that we need to start creating programs for young people you know for all ages of young people even kids in high school you know to maybe put them in situations to get into you know their field or get a feel of their field that they want to possibly go into early or things like that because that will encourage them a lot of kids just need encourage and motivation um to thrive and that's why also teachers are important You know, I had enough encouragement at home, but like, I don't know if I talked about my high school teacher on this podcast already, Susan Allerby, but sis encouraged me to really be the best that I could be to do things right to, you know, if I'm going to do something, do it right, all these different things, you know, like she was encouraging. And for someone who might not have had the home structure that I had, but also in that same situation in that classroom, that could have affected even more that could have been all that they needed so with teachers and people in classrooms and schools wherever be that encouragement put your students in situation another person Mike Thompson from Randallstown where I went to high school he was awesome he brought so many people to the school to just talk about life especially people who went to the school and graduated and have gone on and done great things those are the type of situations we need to put our young people in situations of, of seeing people who come from their communities doing great things it's just not having some mic in their phone in their hand rapping or something like doing real good big stuff you know that's not you just rapping or whatever you know that's really doing something great and those are the experiences I went to school in the county for all the bottom of people but I had at a school and my school was not like the best school it definitely was not it was real wild real crazy most of the time but we also had experiences that Mike Thompson opened up to us and you know had us be a part of that put us in situations to you know 
just think different, to be different and to know that, you know, it's somebody out there that's for us. You know, even he we talked not so long ago, it was a panel that he had and what he allowed was for young people to have those conversations. So all of it, again, ties from what I've said from the beginning of this to this point, it all ties in is that we need to start having conversations with our our young people and allowing them to have a voice starting at a young age and to open their eyes to all types of opportunities that they can have to better their communities and, you know, help people not be in some of the situations they could possibly be in. But yes, Candace Owens, I'm sorry, I don't want to make this all about her. I don't want to bring light to her, but she does make some valid points to be real. And one thing that she says is that like we victimize ourselves as black people and that racism, we hear it and we just go crazy and whatever. And what I don't think she understands is that's not true. We are not playing victim, but who would we be to let these types of things happen to our people who look like us? who we know and we have facts that they have been in some innocent situations. Just, we just sit here and just let it happen. Like, like who would we be to just sit here and let our black men lives just be taken just like that? Our black women, our black trans people, all of that. Who would we be? So how can we say, how can her as a black woman sit here and say that we are playing victim when we're not playing victim here? We, and I don't know if it's because we get emotional about these things and we bring the black and white into it, but that's not us playing the victim. We are literally bringing awareness to what's going on and hoping that other people can understand this and then organizing so that changes can be made. We live in a racist world. I don't know where she does not see that, but literally a lot of things are black and white. The fact that that has to be the crown act is crazy to me. It should not have to be situations where we have to think if I come to work with my natural hair, is that going to be a problem today? We shouldn't even have that. I mean, like, where should that even be a conversation in the fact that not all 50 states has that law yet, that it shouldn't have to be a question about it troubles me. And it makes me think because my state is not on that list that has that act. Okay. Let's think about it. But all that I'm saying with with her and the racism thing is we live in a racist world. We do. Things are black and white. We get treated a certain way. And, and here's the thing that's funny to me is that white people say that didn't happen to you. How do you even know that? I hear so many people tell me on Facebook when I make comments under posts. Well, how can you say that you were your ancestors were even slaves? You might not have been. Have you checked your ancestry? This, that, and the third, and da 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 da. So we can't feel the right. Well, we're supposed to overcome and move on up and forget about things. But why can't y'all do the same thing? all of y'all right because we're all supposed to forget about the things that have happened to our ancestors that have happened to people that look like us the things that have happened to us as individuals but y'all can't do the same thing how does that work so it's okay for y'all to be racist it's it's fine and dandy but we are supposed to overlook y'all being racist 
in like to this day like we are dealing like I think that sometimes white people forget that we're dealing with racism in 2020 we're not taught most of the time we're we're not even talking about slavery like we're not even taking it back to that we are literally talking about in 2020 the issues that people in my age group older and younger go through we're not even talking about our ancestors that dealt with slavery. We're talking about the things that we have witnessed in our life and the stories that we have heard personally, which a lot of us have not heard stories of slaves personally. So we're talking about 2020 issues where you all as white people are racist. We are not victims. We do not hear racism and, and get hot and get excited. As my family would say, no, we don't do that. What we do is we analyze those situations and people who are not even black, <laughs> okay, see that those are racist situations. So again, who would we be to just sit back and let these things happen? Like, come on. So those are so many things I just wanted to talk about and just get off my chest about and just Candace Owens, I just hate to say her name, but she really, she, (laughs) but again, those are the type of people that we need to be in rooms with because some things we do see sort of kind of eye to eye with, but we just have different tactics about getting there and the levels of importance is different. See, those are the things that she finds important, but are not the things that are number one priority. Because also, as I'm saying that these programs need to be act for young people, this, that, and the third, black people have been doing that for years and people outside of us and sometimes just even outside of our communities don't understand and know what's taking place. So it's only but so much people can do. Like, that's just in general. So get a grip but um and another topic that the revolt thing that was talked about was when was america great you know like you know when trump says make america great again what era is he talking about because some people our own black people (laughs) have said he's not racist he he's not a white supremacist this that and a third but what part of America is he talking about that was great for all people? Because it's not a it's not really a time that I can remember, to my knowledge, that it was America that was great for all people. So he wants to make America white again, very white again. And, you know, what it was mentioned is that we did have a time that we was we were great after the civil rights movement. And like um, Killer Mike said during the um conversation was that I mean we were the laborers we were the people who knew how to do all the jobs so therefore our price went up (laughs) you know what I'm saying but now that's not a reality and another conversation immigration right immigration is something that I have mixed feelings about because if you really think about it people come in from other countries and what do they do they take the jobs that we could have but see one thing about them that's different from us is that they're they're willing to work for a lower wage than what we are. We're like, oh, we're Americans. We we deserve this amount of money, this, that, and the third. And a lot of the times we do, especially in order to live the way that we want to live and be able to afford the things we want to afford. But they come from their countries just trying to do better than what they were doing. And they're not all like, I'm all of this and that, and I deserve this and that. And they get these jobs because they're accepting the pay, right? 
but they're taking away jobs that, you know, we could have, right? If you really think about it. And that's the key thing that I see with immigration. But another thing that I don't like, I don't think that people should be taken out of this country, especially children that were born here and things like that. Those are the things that I don't believe in, just basic human rights things. But when it comes down to jobs and things like that, the basics of jobs and, you know, immigrants coming over and taking our jobs and things like that. You know, I do think that's an issue because those could be jobs that could be going to our communities. You know, you have people who were born and raised in these communities who are jobless, you know, who are jobless. That's another thing we need to, as black people, start participating more. I know we talk about voting all the time, but we need to vote. It's so many people out here who are like, I have not voted. People are like, you know, even young people I know, people I go to school with, they're like, oh, I mean, my vote isn't is not going to change anything. It's not going to matter. But your vote does matter. You know, I mean, I don't care who you're voting for, but please go vote. <laughs> I really I'm not going to see him be like, I need you to vote for Joe Biden. No, I just need you to go vote, period. I need you to go vote, period. And then other things like the census. I hope that many of you or someone in your household filled out the census. That's important because that all goes with redistricting and other things like that. You know, so do those things. None of it is a scam. None of it is people trying to get you arrested or this, that, and the third It's literally to help benefit your neighborhoods and to see what, what again, what again, like I've said before, your need is. The census is definitely important. And I hope that, you know, many of you have taken the opportunity to do it. And then again, I hope that a lot of you get out here and vote. All of you get out here and vote, you know, in November. This is an important one right here. I'm telling you, because I can't I cannot do another four years of this. I cannot. You know, I I really cannot. And I'm not saying again that Joe Biden is the best candidate. But at this point, almost anybody would be better than what we have right now. I can't. I cannot. So it's a crazy world that we live in right now. But. You know, we we have to we we have to do better in this and it's ways for us to do better. But I just think things need to be instilled in people at a young age so that they're able to do better. So, you guys, this has been a great conversation. I have like so enjoyed just talking and, you know, talking about these things like this conversation that I'm having with myself, like low key is a conversation that. All of you, once you listen to this, should go and have with every one of your families to talk about these things. It's not all politics. A lot of it is human rights and things that you need in your community. You know, I think that we should take the politics hammer off of, you know, these certain topics because, you know, they're just normal day to day things that affect your day to day life. It's not that hardcore. Everyone can understand politics if they, you know, in government if they just you know think of it as your everyday rights you know your human rights things that should be normalized you know and I think that you know that's how you get more young people involved when you just think of it as this is how I want my life to be I don't want my life to be like this I don't want future generations to be like this and oh something else that I I looked at I went to 
times in history.com and I put in when was okay first off I googled when was America great for black people and those are the things that came up and they noted markings in history for us and you guys have to see and look at for it yourself but see those websites mark great things from things that we had to fight for nothing that was like great moments other than Obama and the Black Lives Matter movement but the only thing we get noted for on these websites are things like Rosa Parks and um, Emmett Till, the LA riots, those types of things, which are not like all high moments. They're high moments because we had to overcome something, but black people are doing big things out here. And those are the things that should be on those websites. The amazing things that black people are doing that doesn't involve us having to go out here and go so hard in the ways that they're describing us. I mean, like, I'm I'm sure if they had when was white well it would never be that but the white history all of it is not oppression all of it is not bad things and things that were terrible and we had to make it great again really <laughs> you know make it good for us you know it's crazy to me but that was something that I saw and I just was like I'm not even going to get up here I was looking for you know doing some research for this and saying okay well what can I say is there anything that I'm missing about some good points for us but literally when that's what people think about us when they think about the great things that we're doing and 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 that changes the image right of us they they're not talking about the things that people that we look up to in our black communities are doing that's why you can tell that had to be made by a white person because any black person and then nothing ahead of there was oprah oprah when she started her tv show how long ago was that and how many great things have happened in that time span it literally went from oprah to like something else to obama being elected and then to Black Lives Matter. But how much has taken place for black people that black people have done or started or manifested, right? In that time span, a lot. It was literally almost a 10 year, I'm not gonna say 10 years, but really within 10 years, it was. it, it could be so much that could go on that website. And that's something else that we need to start doing is creating our own resources, things like that. High moments for black people. Note them. Somebody make a website for them. Do that. I don't know. But I was like kind of shook, but not really shook. I just believe that we deserve better. People need to see us in a better light. So you guys this is another episode of young everyday black woman it's been great to talk this on my chest and i want you guys to interact with me so definitely you know check out our instagram at young everyday bw pod so p-o-d young everyday bw pod so it's young everyday black woman podcast so follow me on instagram also follow my personal instagram at this is courtney hancock and interact with me connect with me i want to do more things interacting with you all on social media and things of such so just make sure you're keeping in contact and staying connected i thought about education connection i gotta stop y'all but um just staying connected with me and stuff and you know even things that i post on my story 
and on the podcast story it's not just pertaining to the podcast and things that are happening it's all about things that are happening in the world and things that I see and I'm like hmm somebody else needs to see that today so um just follow the podcast for those reasons as well and just to stay up to date get snippets and um all types of updates so make sure you're doing that again thank you for tuning into young everyday black woman the podcast it's courtney Thank you guys for tuning in to this week's episode of Young Everyday Black Woman. This episode was designed to encourage people who look like me to not only educate themselves, but to physically put themselves in situations to be organizers, activists, educators, legislators, and more. The ball is in our court and we have the ability to change the game, but we need to get our own shit. This week's artist is someone who you have already heard, VJ Tyler. Last time he brought us a lot of energy with his song Big Mad, and this time he's giving us an exclusive listen to an upcoming single of his called Bluff featuring Speed Racer Uno. So please enjoy and take a listen and don't forget to follow him on Instagram. And also, thank you all for tuning in again to this episode. And no matter if you're listening, you know, today when it's being released or next week or a month from this episode's release. I appreciate you all listening so, so much. And again, here's Bluff by B.J. Can't keep it a buck. That's why I stay to myself and I don't give a Be talking too much. That's why I shut the up. Keep my fizz on the hush. Be talking too tough. Till I pull up on your ass and find out he a bluff. These be cabbing too much. Faking like they about something. Chewing about nothing. These niggas be frotting like they live the life. The scheming and trolling the self. For the lights. I'ma say shit once, I ain't saying it twice You can't talk all that tough then don't wanna fight If they catch you in public, the can get ugly Nobody can help you, not even they your buddies Get cruddy, they f*** you up and they post it online and they leave you